is time to excellently execute another Top Rope Nation draft. Mm. Months and months of... I just thought of that one. Months and months <laughs> of anticipation for this one. Literally, uh, we started talking about doing this Bret Hart fantasy draft. What God, when was it? Probably January? And we kept delaying it. We were going to do it at one point in March, kind of to coincide with the 25-year anniversary of WrestleMania 12 and the Iron Man match. Then we pushed it back to coincide with the uh, A&E biography, and then they switched the air date on us. So now, finally, the A&E bio on Bret Hart airs this Sunday. So we thought, finally, we can do it. It's the Bret Hart Fantasy Draft. And if you've been tuning in to Top Rope Nation for a while, you know we've done several of these fantasy drafts going back to, let's see, last summer. We did a Ric Flair's Fantasy Draft, an Undertaker Fantasy Draft, SummerSlam's Greatest Matches, did a WrestleMania's Greatest Matches. Well, tonight it's time for the Hitman. And so as I introduce everyone, and by the way, we have a special guest with us on the line tonight. As I introduce you all, I want to ask you, what are your earliest memories of Bret Hart? And when did you start to take notice of him? And do you have a favorite Bret Hart moment? So I'm going to throw it first to Mr. Kyle Ross, the longtime sidekick of Top Rope Nation. Kyle, how's it going? And uh, your earliest Hitman memories. How's it going? I think I let you guys know earlier via text, rode a bike for the second time in about 25 years yesterday. And I'll be honest with you, I'm playing hurt. My taint is bruised. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's uncomfortable sitting here, but, uh, Daddy, Bret Hart finished a match with a broken sternum one time. You can do it. Yeah. And I'm going to damn it. Uh, it's, so, it's the taint pod. Yeah. The taint, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, regain composure. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, earliest, or fondest Bret Hart memory? I don't know what the answer is. I feel I'm kind of the fourth wheel in the fandom of this man. As you know, I don't, I don't, not a fan of any wrestler. I'm just a fan of good wrestling. It's true. But, but I did look through uh, some old WWF magazines that I had in the thing. And what do we have here? The famous no way. Bret Hart Hulk Hogan Tale of the <laughs> wow. Tape for a match that never happened. Why do I show you that? So I'm going to bring this up closer to the screen. Hopefully you can read this near 13-year-old's handwriting. Who was my prediction? Bret wow. Hart. There you go. Awesome. Yes, I found that. So, Guys, if you're listening to the podcast feed, you got to check this out on YouTube, the video version, to see that. Very nice. Very nice, Kyle. Mm -hmm. Justin... I mean, we've known each other for a long time. I know you grew up a Bret Hart fan, but uh, tell us your tell us your Hitman backstory, earliest memories of watching him, favorite favorite moment. What do you got for us? Would have been the Hart Foundation, uh, and he he just stood out, if only because he was smaller than everybody. But <laughs> he just was so much better in the ring than everybody, and every everything he did. Uh, was just so much more crisp and, and real looking compared to all the other wrestlers. And he, even way back then around like, you know, 89, 90 and leading into his run with the championship, he just always had a, an aura of just being cool. Uh, yep. The coolest guy in the room. Um, and that just, you know, I clung to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we, when we met around what 2001, we had a lot of Bret Hart conversations. I mm -hmm. remember from the early oh, days. Yeah. So joining us on the pod tonight, this is actually his second appearance on Top Rope Nation. I met him at the Tragos Thez Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, and we very quickly bonded, not over, of course, pro wrestling, but 
our love for the career of Brett the Hitman Hart. And so when I was looking for someone to go into the guest chair for a Bret Hart draft, he was the obvious pick for this. Um, and so Mr. Ryan Huffman, again, you grew up a Bret, ha- Bret Hart fan like all of us. What are your earliest memories? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, big fan. Um, my biggest memories probably go back to like 1995. Uh, that's when I started watching wrestling kind of for the second time. Um, and he was really the guy, um, you know, obviously was a, a fan favorite at the time. And I can remember uh, when my parents asked me like some memorabilia or, or T-shirts, I can remember getting a Bret Hart uh, T-shirt and glasses combo. Uh, so those are my first memories. Uh, we'll talk about some of the the matches, obviously, tonight. And then uh, some of my best memories as an adult have been I've gotten to actually meet Bret Hart um, probably about three or four different occasions, um, as you have as well, uh, through the Tragos Thez Hall of Fame, um, and also ran into him in New Orleans uh, during WrestleMania 30 weekend. So uh, just a big fan, really, really happy to be here. If, if I was ever born to do a podcast episode, it would probably be this one. So, <laughs> Well, we'll see if you take home the victory. The way we do these is we'll post the results over on Twitter.com. We'll open the poll up to everybody. Maybe we'll do it in, your, in our Facebook group too and kind of combine the votes and I think all of us have won at least one draft now throughout the history of the show. So we'll see who comes out on top, but uh, I think you'll have a pretty good shot just by your fandom. Sure. Has the guest ever won though? I don't think so. I'm trying to remember. Who or did Liam closest. win SummerSlam? I was going to say there. Uh, no, I don't think Liam won, uh, but I think one of the early ones, a guest did win. I, I think one I of won them. Rick Flair. Sh- maybe the taker one perhaps or he was right in that was alfred right i think he was right in it i think i might have won taker but he was like within mm-hmm. a couple of votes maybe or something it was very very close i think and justin won the last one the wrestlemania one yeah yeah in okay. my mind i won all of them <laughs> what i said about me that's right <laughs> i am the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be. <laughs> there it is and when it comes to these votes frustrated ain't the goddamn word for it this is bullshit. <laughs> what a great promo what a great promo yeah, my earliest memories of Bret Hart, um, my two earliest favorite wrestlers were Jake Roberts and Bret Hart. Jake Roberts because he had the snake, even though now I'm terrified of snakes. And uh, Bret just because of the sunglasses, from what I remember. And the first wrestling show I ever went to, which I have zero memory of, and went back and looked at the results, he was actually on the show. It's in July of 1986 in Waterloo, Iowa. No memories of that. I think my earliest memories of actually watching him probably would have been later late 80s when i would watch wrestling with my dad and then i would kind of watch wrestling in and out you know as i've talked about on the show in the early 90s but like 95 just like huffman that's kind of when i really got back into wrestling hardcore would watch it every single week and brett had you know won the title then from diesel and then the build into the iron man match that's what really hooked me and i became just a gigantic fan of bret hart and then of course he left right after that which i think made me an even bigger (laughs) fan right because i was wanting to see him come back for it seemed like years even though it was only what eight months or something <laughs> it seemed forever in my uh you know 13 year old or whatever 12 year old mind at the time so that made me an even bigger fan i think my favorite memories of brett though is, is the heart foundation era 97 and also having some beers with him in the summer of 2008 him and roddy piper here in waterloo for a few hours that was tough to beat brett was one of the nicest wrestlers i've ever met super chill guy awesome to talk to the dream is to have him on the podcast. So 
maybe someday they'll book that. But uh, for now, we're talking about his career. So before we get to it, if you're listening on the podcast feeds, if you like this show, please leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. It's been quite a while, actually, since we've had a new review. We always read them on the air. We'd love to hear some kind words about the show over on Apple Podcasts. And of course, hit subscribe, follow us on Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Check out topropenation.com for more information on the show. And as I mentioned, this is on video as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is youtube.com slash top rope nation. So the way this draft is going to work, um, I did a, a list randomizer to do our, our order of the draft. It's going to go Kyle, myself, Justin, and then Ryan Huffman, and then it will snake back. So we're going to have five rounds. So in all, 20 picks, the creme de la creme of Bret Hart's career, we will be discussing tonight. And we're going to start out with Kyle going number one. And uh, just for no reason in particular, just mere coincidence, I'm going to crack open a uh, Steve Austin's Broken Skull <laughs> IPA, which uh, which Very Ryan nice. Huffman gave me. And uh, go ahead, Kyle. Take us away. What's your number one overall pick? Well, to the surprise of absolutely no one, uh, it will be the same match that I picked number one in our WrestleMania draft. Yes. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. Uh, when I picked it number one in that last draft, I said it was the greatest match in WWF history, and nothing has changed two, two, since then. Two, said there's not a human being walking the face of the earth that can make him say, I quit. And I think I believe it. I may say something, though, that kind of relates more Brett-specific. Obviously, that match is the one that launched Steve Austin in the stratosphere. We all know that. But Brett's performance in that should not be overlooked or underrated by any means. I think his character work um, in turning heel, uh, his actions after the match, just absolutely incredible. You heard the booze. <laughs> Love that line from Vince. And then the promo the next night. Um Honest to God, as good a promo as I've ever heard in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, but in making this pick, again, it's the best match in history. That should be enough to justify it, I think. But I'll let you guys get a little sneak peek at my board here. Mm. Um, my top nine matches, eight of them are actually him wrestling four guys twice. Oh. And when oh. I look at those four pairs, there's two of them. I don't really actually have a strong feeling which one is better than the other. The other two I do. Um, and I think in the case of the Austin pair, I'd really have to hear a compelling argument to convince me that the Survivor Series match is on the same plane as the WrestleMania match. I think it's the one that not just all four of us, but wrestling fans everywhere would agree if you're looking at a tandem against the same opponent one is clearly better than the other so yeah Bretton austin mania 13 the number one pick in the bret hart draft 
I'd love to get Huffman's take and memories of this match or anything you want to say about it. Because we've we've all talked about this one. We talked about our WrestleMania fantasy draft quite a bit. Iconic match. It's my favorite match of all time. Obviously, knew Kyle would pick it. I agree with Kyle. Best match in WWE history. Justin is pretty much, I think, along the same lines. So, Huffman, what's your take on WrestleMania 13? Uh, you know, I would say, for me, that's really the match that kicked off the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's too far out there, but I, I think that would be if you had any kickoff point. Uh, my fondest memories, I would say, of this match was we actually tried to get tickets to it back when I was like probably a little middle schooler, and that, that was you know pre StubHub era, and uh, was pretty much impossible. But that's it's a match that I I would say at least once a year I will um, I will get out and watch, but. Um, as a middle schooler trying to figure out why your hero has, has turned, but it's funny. Cause I, I stuck with them, you know, yeah. cause uh, you know, I was, I always pictured when uh, Brett kind of said those mean things that I was at least when he talked about the loyal ones, I felt like he was talking to me. So you can just say uh, you were anti-American <laughs> as a, as I, yeah, as I teach us history. Now, yes. Uh, <laughs> So, I, I, when you get to the year 97, you do a little side unit yeah. about the, the Hart Foundation. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, that that match, though, I mean, you guys, you guys, I'm sure have all watched it several times. Really just like a very well put together match. It felt like just almost like a car crash or just it nonstop action from start to finish. I mean, I think it's only about a 24 minute match, maybe, but uh, mm-hmm. just great, great match. That would be my number one pick as everybody's so we should never say only when it comes to a 24 minute match yeah in 2021 <laughs> yeah no yep. was huffman the guy holding the i still believe brett two t's brett <laughs> yes and then i'd have to made him ever that the guy yep. he still believed him but didn't know how to spell his name <laughs> yes we've all made mistakes uh justin wasn't this a match that you showed your wife when you were telling her that you were a wrestling fan and you wanted to show her why you're a wrestling fan i seem to remember yeah. this story and not that I want to promote another podcast, but the way I did it was I, I fired up Steve Austin's watch along podcast right. that he did so that she could kind of hear a wrestler explain, you know, what really goes into a match like that. A great mm-hmm. match. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to say my, uh, my girlfriend actually, uh, she doesn't watch wrestling, but the first and probably about the only match we've really sat down and watched was Bret Hart versus Stone Cold from WrestleMania 13. So, solid choice. Solid Good choice. pick by me. Yeah, great pick. <laughs> Shocking, but uh, yeah, no, great pick. All right, Kyle, I am very start. interested in the next move though in this draft. I don't think I'm going to surprise you too much. I know you're kind of surprised in our WrestleMania draft at the direction I went, and. Uh, not going to surprise you tonight. I think this is the match you thought I was going to pick in our WrestleMania draft round one. Uh, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10. I solved this thing with me being the shadow of you, the hitman. That's right. Why don't you go out and step up to the plate? You and me, face to face, one on one. I'm challenging you, Bret, my brother, to a fight one on one. I'd like to uh, live up to those words of Sam, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, and I take on anybody, but under no circumstances would I ever, absolutely, positively not ever step in the ring with my own brother under any circumstances. You know, I, I'll be the first one. The hitman, Brad Hart, ladies and gentlemen, as we stated before, opening up things here in Madison Square Garden at WrestleMania. He will be in the final match. Up in here he comes right now. 
reversing in the hitman to the buckle. Here comes the rocket. Ooh. Ritter going out. Look at this. The hooks him on the legs, and yes. A victory. No. Wow. Oh. 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 Greatest opening match in WrestleMania history. And I'm sorry to Sean and Razor, the best match on WrestleMania 10. It has aged the best. It's mm-hmm. still just a technical masterpiece. It says something that Brett loses the match, right? And it's still, you know, one I would pick in a Brett Hart draft. Doesn't matter that he lost. He's such an artist in the ring. And he went out there on the biggest stage you could and showed the world why his younger brother was one of the top performers in the company and set the stage for a storyline between the two of them that went almost the entire year led to another awesome match that summer, uh, of course, played into Brett losing the title, which he would win later that night from Yokozuna leads into Brett losing the title at the survivor series later in the year when Owen gets involved. Uh, You know, you read Brett's book, you watch any of the documentaries, they talk about the lengths that he and Owen went in the airports and stuff to make, you know, kayfabe it to make people think they really hated each other. Just what a great job. Uh, by both of them what an awesome time in the industry and this is a match i showed my wife and she was into it the whole time and it says something that you know that this match can be what 27 years old at at this time and it hasn't lost anything you watch you watch the the uh, razor sean match at the time was mind-blowing and i still really really like the match but it feels like now when you show it to someone you have to preface it by well this isn't going to seem like much to you but at the time, it was a great ladder match, and it was, you know, way ahead of its time. People watch it now, like, eh, I don't know what's the big deal because you've seen all these car crashes and ladder matches over the years. But you turn on Brett and Owen, you don't need to say anything. Watch it, and people are blown away. So that's my number two overall pick. Um, thoughts on this one, Ryan Huffman? Um, yeah, I I would be in agreement with you there as well. Um, I think that's that's a great show of how long term storylining works too. Like they they started that one all the way back. Oh, I think what's around Survivor Series, mm-hmm. and then they continued there. But um, I don't know. Like excellent match. Uh, obviously elevated both guys. Uh, my favorite thing from the entire thing is actually Owen's post show going or post saying kicked his knee out of his knee. I, I just think no, that's that was so the funny. rumble. Those, oh, you're right. Rumble. Okay. The, the mania is when he had that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Make any my... illusions. You get your minds out of the gutter, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both memorable promos, though. Yeah. 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 But so. that's a good point, Ryan. It was exact. It was exactly your storyline. Survivor Series 93 in Boston Garden up through Survivor <laughs> Series 94. Stu with that pandering Boston Bruins jacket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kyle, go ahead. No, I'll say you talk about the storyline. They did that mini doc on, you know, Peacock, WWE Network, depending on where you live. Remember, like, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, like Untold or something? I can't keep track of what yeah. they name these things. Yeah. There's a Bret Hart Owen Hart feud documentary on the damn thing. Okay. And I remember watching it. I'm like, this storyline makes every storyline of the last like six years in WWE look like ass. I mean, it was like unbelievable. You're watching it. It's like not a feud that like drew a ton of money, right? Or anything. But it's like you're like those sit down promos they did with Vince when Brett is like, there is no way, no way I would ever wrestle my brother. It's like unbelievable, these promos. Yeah. It like just puts the modern stuff to shame. It was just, 
it was really jaw-dropping. This was the correct pick, Ryan. I'm very happy that you picked this. And <laughs> I'll throw this to Justin or around the horn here. I don't think there's ever been another match in wrestling history that took a guy who was perceived as mid-card, if that, and immediately got him in the main event like this did with Owen Hart. That's true. I haven't really thought about it like that. Um, I was going to say, to your point about them not drawing money, they did sell at the United Center. I know it wasn't the headline match, but it was the title match. And it is not an easy thing to do. It was the I think the first big event, maybe the first event ever at the United Center, which was the largest arena in the country. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they that's some drawing, but yeah, like yeah. business wasn't on fire, mm-hmm. no doubt. But yeah, I haven't th- I haven't thought about that. It did elevate Owen. I mean, he yeah. never got the world title run, but he got the world title shot at the second biggest show of the year. He was in the mix for a long yeah. time, for months. So I mean, eventually, IC champion and everything. Justin, your thoughts? Well, I, I think uh, having an opening bout match with someone who'd go on to to main event and win the world title. Uh, Daniel Bryan did wonders for Triple H's career. Is, is that kind of the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> or no? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's why we love you, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? But with like, I mean, like the casual fan, Owen Hart was like not a big deal at all. Going that match, yeah. right? He was just Brett's brother. And then all of a sudden, I think people watched the match like, holy shit, Owen Hart is like really good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think everyone thought that the rest of his, his career. So, yeah. you know, and how, I mean, obviously having it be his brother that he was working against is critical to story. This is a very difficult dynamic to duplicate. If it can even be duplicated, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Yeah. All right, Justin. Third pick. This is where it's going to start to get interesting. Come on, thought, Justin, make me happy because I, I, I thought think, those two. I, I think you might do what I would do in this position. Hmm. So I think there is a very obvious chalk pick here. Uh, if I am just looking at trying to win this thing, there's a match I would take. There is also three other matches, two with just very strong nostalgia polls for me in. There's one other that is, frankly, I just think the best in-ring match of all four of them. (laughs) And uh, so I'm going to go Survivor Series 96, Steve Austin. Come down to this in Madison Square Garden. If you like Holyfield and Tyson, you're going to love this. I know you already kind of pooped on it, saying it was kind of the lesser of the uh, doubleheader matches, but, you know, for me, WrestleMania 12 brought me back into wrestling and to have this Such match. weirdos you are. <laughs> <laughs> having this be Bret Hart's return and having him handpick uh, Steve Austin to be his opponent. You know, you say that WrestleMania 13 really made uh, Stone Cold. 
you could you could make a point that this was really his coming out party. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I is the best issue with it. Yeah. No, no. Ahead. This uh, of the like matches that I think are the second best of the pairs, the four pairs I alluded to earlier. This is the best one. So I just you know it just I think says something about the Brett Austin dynamic. Um, I had this high. This is not what I thought you would do, though. Me either, but. I can't take I can't take issue no. with it because I was so jacked for that match at the time, as I kind of talked about in the intro. It is a freaking awesome match. I mean, if they had never wrestled at WrestleMania, this would be really high yeah. on Brett's career top <laughs> matches. It already is, but like it might be in that top five mix if, if they didn't have the Mania match. So yeah. it's so different, the two matches, too. And yeah. that's kind of a theme with all these pairings that we're gonna maybe get into in the first two rounds of Brett and his famous opponents. When he has two famous matches against the same guy, they tend to be different. Um, I don't know if if Ryan Huffman is a nerd like me and Drosty. Kyle, you can sit this question out. Uh, Ryan, thoughts on orange accent, uh, Bret Hart on the tights? It's is it orange? Like, there's a little bit of orange. Okay, because I know like the pink kind of fades on those tights a little bit. Yeah, it kind of fades into orange. You're right. It's kind of got the. Oh, yeah, it's kind I of got that that fire. The it looks like a flame more yeah. so too. I always liked the gear um, at Survivor Series '96. He also <laughs> debuted the new Hitman sunglasses on that show that he would have through the rest of '96 into '97. They had the the black around the edges and they were pink in the middle, whereas before they were you know all pink, or before that they were silver. So I'm trying to find a good screenshot to put on the screen here of that gear. But yeah, you're right. It does kind of have like a little bit of an orange tint to it around the on the side. Yeah. What do you think, Huffman? Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I think that was one thing about Brett's gear just over the the years. I don't think there was a big, big change ever, but he would subtly change everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously from when he went to Heart Foundation and a singles wrestler, and then it and then he added, you know, the the heart with the wing wings and uh but yeah, I liked it. Yeah, the little little orange on there. I mm-hmm. I, I like that. Yeah, good pick, Justin. I like that pick. All right, Huffman, what do you got? Closing out round one. And just for the record, for what I think Kyle thought I was going to take, I had a better feeling about that dropping to me than this match. So take that, it away, Ryan. And you're better with thinking that way. Yes, and you could be correct. Yeah. You could play right. your cards very well here. <laughs> Ryan Huffman, you got two in a row here. Close out round one first. I got two in a row here. Um, I don't think this will probably come as much of a surprise. I'm going to go Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, the Iron Man match from uh, WrestleMania 12. Uh, I'll squirm it in the seat. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, just from being a listener, I know there's some mixed uh, opinions of this match. Uh, but I will say this uh, when I got into wrestling, a lot. It was it was ninety six into ninety seven. Um, I think, like athletically, what those two did that night was super impressive. I love um, you know when Brett talks about that and they say, "Hey, we're down to a minute," and they look up at the clock and they're right where they uh, are supposed to be. Um, you have it where Brett a little bit salty over like, "Hey, he had him in the sharpshooter. He really didn't lose the match because it went into overtime." And then you have him. Uh, you know, heading out pretty upset about the about the loss, but uh, and it, it was really a sign of you know things that things to come with those two performers. But um, I'm going that one just because that one's always a 
uh, a special uh, place in my heart because that was probably the match that really ignited my my love for wrestling. So I'll let you guys kind of take it take it away on that one because I know you guys have some mixed opinions on that one. Well, you know, for me, it's just the whole thing's finally coming to a head. You know, it's do or die, and uh, you know, sixty minute Iron Man match. We're gonna find out just how good Shawn Michaels is. I think everyone's gonna see just how good I am. And I think uh, the way I look at it is uh, one man's sunset is another man's dawn. And tomorrow morning, I just want to wake up tomorrow morning with this. Red Ark really standing at that. Of that. He got it. Champ shooter. Champ shooter. He got it. He got it. He got it. Unbelievable. He got it, McMahon. He has got him. Has been ordered to continue. We've covered it before, but uh, that match being signed is, you know, what kind of brought me back after not paying attention for, you know, three years. Um, it was just exciting to hear about a match that was going to be one hour at WrestleMania between two guys that we knew uh, could go in that ring. And compared to today's standards of wrestling, it is a bit slow. Um, and maybe even if, if you ask Kyle by, uh, 96 standards is probably a little slow, but uh, I loved it nonetheless. Yeah, I, I like it. Just nostalgia too. It brought me back in. I was so hyped for the match. I do like the match more than most people. In fact, if I was in this seat right now, I, I would have been thinking about taking it there too. Just I just have a lot of great memories of the match. I know the finishes is, is debatable among people, but I liked the controversial finish. It sucks mm-hmm. we didn't get the rematch the next year, but I liked the groundwork that they laid there to to do it at WrestleMania 13. Um, it sucks the only rematch we really got outside of the house show circuit was, you know, the screw job. Um, e- even if they would have wrestled not at Mania so that we still would have got Bretton Austin or something, you know, we never got the proper clean rematch that we all wanted to see. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to fault you. I love the poster in your backdrop that you have, the, the rare Iron Man nice poster, poster <laughs> that they put out. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. a sweet one. So, Kyle, anything you want to add? Three and a half star match. <laughs> what a dick you know before i go my next pick there are a couple things i did love about that though uh i i love the ring with the wrestlemania 12 yeah. kind of the yeah. blue on it yeah. um i did like that quite a bit and i did like the uh the face versus face concept i you know usually you get like a face heel but um but yeah my next my next pick is a uh, when I did my research as a five-star match, um, it was against Owen Hart at SummerSlam. Um, I don't remember a lot of blue cage matches, but uh, certainly do remember that one as being a great one. Um, yeah, just a great one. Um, I think, I'm trying to remember, Ryan, do you have that signed? Is that one of the things you got signed? Someone just take it off my wall. It's the SummerSlam 94 yeah. no. program signed by oh, yeah, that yeah, well, we we go. We're all big with the periodicals here. Yeah, yeah. There. there you go. Well, that's on my office wall all the time, so that's an easy yeah. one to pull. Yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of kind of brought that feud. I wouldn't say to a close, but it kind of uh, slowed that down. Um, did reintroduce the Bulldog and Nightheart mm-hmm. in that match, but I just I really like that. I really enjoy that match. That's when I went back when we started talking about doing this draft. I was like, ah, I need to rewatch that one because that was really before. 
my time of really watching um watching live so i won't rewatch that one just enjoy that match a lot that's what i kind of had penciled in as the third best match uh even though i went with the austin match it it does I, i loved it in the moment it hasn't aged the best for me um i feel it's a little long uh, but still, when it comes to the blue bar steel cage matches, it, it's it's at the tippity top. Just think, if they hadn't gone long, we would have got more of Undertaker versus Underfaker, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I disagree with Meltzer that this is better than the Mania 10 match. To me, oh, Mania, 10's five, yeah. Mania 10's the five-star yeah. match, and this one is a little bit lesser. I agree, Justin, um, with the how it's aged and whatnot. Um, I'm not against it. There's some people who like just like don't like it. I think that's a little silly, but um, yeah, I I figured it was absolutely a top a lock for the top five. Mm-hmm. Not surprised at all on that one. I thought Justin might take it number three. Mm-hmm. It's, so did uh, I. it's one of my probably top ten favorite matches of all time. To be honest with you, I I do think it is a little bit long. If I could make it perfect, I'd shave off some time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's yeah, it's a great match. <laughs> Who, knew, who, who thought this was going to be a 2021 review? This draft, <laughs> I could shave off a few times. Perfect. Yeah, How many yeah. times have we said that this year? But uh, <laughs> I love the post-match with all the family members climbing up yeah. and people fighting Vince McMahon. All the family members are trying to get in. It's great. It's great stuff. Okay, Justin, you played your cards pretty freaking well here. And I'm actually kind of salivating all of a sudden. Yeah, the match I was hoping would fall to me has fallen to me. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to maybe post it on our Facebook or maybe uh, Ryan can throw, you know, bring it up on the screen or something. Got off work early today to rewatch this match because I did not see it at the time. And honestly, I don't think I'd ever watched it until the last few years. Um, But I, I took a picture of me watching this match today and it was a little blurry you could barely see anything, but Ryan Drosty somehow could pinpoint down to the two-month span of <laughs> when this would have taken place just by seeing the jacket. Yes. Uh, I'm going to take the Bret Hart versus British Bulldog in your house, season's beatings, 1995 match. Uh, you know, for me, I think a, the... Wembley Stadium SummerSlam match gets a lot more love than this one does. But I, I prefer this one. I The blood helps. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. That, that Always is a, does. That is a giant factor. You also get the you know, Meltzer gave it four and a half stars. <laughs> I give Diana Smith a 10, 10 stars in this Whoa. match. She, look, she looks fantastic. <laughs> uh, you, you know, the only thing I would really fault is the pin kind of comes out of nowhere, but it works because the whole thing about this match was that Brett had never beaten Bulldog before, and he, and he only really survived it by the skin of his teeth. Uh, they told a great story. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I love that match. I know I've said on this podcast before, I think it's better than Wembley, too. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. It's just the blood absolutely helps. I remember the first time I saw that, I think it was on this home video called confirmed hits that I picked up at like Kmart at the time or Justin was working at the time. <laughs> Little did I know. And it what the match was clipped on there. Um, but I later saw the full match and yeah, it, it is a great, great match. I love it. You, you know what else helps it besides the blood you get uh, compared to uh, Wembley, you get a competent performance from Davey boy Smith. 
Yes. Which wasn't necessarily the case in Wembley. I mean, that was Wembley was a total carry job. This was um, just a better effort uh, from Davey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huffman, you have any thoughts on this one you want to share? Yeah, I, this one was on my uh, this one was on my list that I had notes on. Uh, really good match. One of them, yeah, I think Brett going into WrestleMania 12, uh, top of his he was at the top of his game. Had a lot of really good matches. This was this was one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, you made it a little harder on me here, Justin, with my second pick. Um. You know what? I think I'm going to do what 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 makes sense here. Just looking at my big board, and there's another match that I would like to take, but I think it's going to fall to me on my next pick. I'm gonna I'll let you know when I pick next if it did or so, not. So, so now you've got to uh, <laughs> go against me here, a man you know well. True. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to go Brett Bulldog too. I think oh. I'm going to do the Wembley match here because, like Brett often likes to say. He was. He has a quote where he says, "Everyone talks about that being Davy's match, but it's his match because it was such a carry job. It is. It is a match that shows off Bret Hart's ability to carry people in the ring. He's legendary for it. Look at the legend of the Tom McGee match. All these years that we finally saw a year or so ago. Uh, it's. It's an iconic match because of Wembley, because of the eighty thousand people. Again, Bret loses, just like in my first pick, but." it's hard to beat the visual of that match and what it mm-hmm. means for both guys careers. So I think when I'm trying to put together a list of iconic matches, not just good matches, but iconic matches that play to the masses. I think I got to go with Wembley and, and it's, it's one of Bret Hart's masterpieces because he did carry Bulldog who basically forgot everything they were going to do when they went out there and they had a, a good match. So it, it, it was kind of, sorry, go ahead. Kyle. I was saying it convinced Vince McMahon to put the world title on him a couple months later. Yeah. It, it was kind of the beginning of uh, Brett giving a guy their best match, too. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of goes on and on for the rest of his career. Question. What does Davy Boy Smith's career look like if they don't make the decision to change SummerSlam 92 from Washington, D.C. to Wembley? Yeah. Ooh. Good point. Because it was going to be Brett and Sean, right? Yeah, in the first ladder match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, they did it for smack em, whack em. <laughs> yeah and yeah that that fateful decision impacted a lot in the future no doubt Davey about doesn't it. get the big wcw deal probably after yeah, they fire yeah, him for steroids right. Mm-hmm. that's right but yeah i feel i feel good about that pick in this position uh huffman anything no i'm just pretty much what you guys said I, you love the family dynamic mm-hmm. i i think uh you look at the heart the hearts in general just over the years how much of their own family dynamic they've been able to add to uh add to matches and i think it's all been pretty great mm-hmm. all right yeah, Kyle. segue off that speaking yeah. of the family dynamic i believe this match is eligible uh because justin joint when we did the rick flair draft picked a uh royal rumble first so i'm going with the 10-man canadian stampede i cannot believe this match dropped to me i had it number three on my board I love 1997 Bret Hart, and I love this freaking match. It is a Mount Rushmore WWE slash F crowd. Um, again, a dynamic you can't replicate easily. The only other crowd that comes to mind like this would be Money in the Bank Chicago in 2011 for Punk Cena. Uh, I love multi-person matches. They should not be boring like they are on modern-day Raws. Um Everybody's out there having the time of their life for this. 
And arguably, it's the pinnacle of Bret Hart in the WWF. Like, oh. after the post-match, like, he's standing there, like, he's conquered it, man. I know he's not the champion, but, like, they built a show around him, right? Mm-hmm. In Calgary. I mean, not. I mean, how many guys have a pay-per-view essentially built around them? Not many. So, yeah, this, I am just ecstatic to see this match fall to me at number eight. I was, could not run up and deliver Roger Goodell my card quick enough. <laughs> I thought about taking it. I, I I did think it would it would fall a little further just because it's kind of sneaky because it's a 10-man tag, and I figured everyone was looking at the singles matches at the top. This isn't the one I was referencing before, but yeah. Justin. Yeah, it, it would have been higher on my list, but there are nine other guys on this match. But there's no denying that the reason this match, as Kyle said, the reason this match was a big deal was because of Bret Hart reaching the kind of the pinnacle of you know the whole Canada versus USA uh, rivalry. Yeah, the pop Bret Hart gets when he comes out gives me strength. Yes, <laughs> like I just love the kind of like gradual, um, ascending pops each guy gets. You know, like I mean, even like Jim Neidhart is getting mm-hmm. a big pop in 1997. I mean, for God's sake, Jim Neidhart's getting pops in '97. You know, you got a friendly audience. Uh, Pillman's out there having the time mm-hmm. of his life, but uh, yeah, Bret's the star here. Uh, love 1997, Bret Hart with all my heart and soul. It's my favorite Brett. And then for my next one, this is interesting. I didn't think this match would drop. Um, Ryan, you're probably pretty happy with where you're at because you're just going to pick the one I don't. Uh, I'm going to go with, I guess, his first famous match, and that's the SummerSlam 91 match against Mr. Perfect. Um, I'm a little surprised. I know you how much you guys love this one, and I, I thought it would be gone for sure. I'm going to be honest here, and I will draw dirty looks from this remark. I was not huge into Brett until like 93 until I wrote down his name in that magazine. Like I, I was just like, okay, this guy's fine in 91 and 92, but it wasn't until like the Lawler feud in 93. Cause that was like his first sort of proper feud that yeah. he had. Wasn't it like mm-hmm. um, this, we talked about it when we did top rope nation classic for SummerSlam 91, they just kind of threw Brett in the contenders role, Perfect was leaving because of the back injury, so they needed to change the title. Uh, Davy Boy Smith, who we've talked about obviously quite a bit here, was feuding with Perfect over the summer, but Brett was just simply a better option to take the title. Um, you know, a more well-rounded performer, and with Perfect's back injury and kind of the lack of angle going into that match, how fondly it's remembered and how well it was over at the time is really a testament to how over Brett was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real feather in the cap when you go back and watch it. Wow, Bret Hart was really over in 1991. Uh, and, you know, of course, who could forget Lord Alfred Hayes pulling the microphone <laughs> from his father in the post-match interview? <laughs> right as he's talking. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, can't take issue with this. I'm a little surprised Justin didn't go for this one earlier because I know you've talked about in the past, Justin, how much this match meant to you, at least at the time. This this is the one that clinched my uh, love of Bret Hart. This is what made uh, Bret Hart my favorite wrestler. Yep. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, my actually, uh, my older brother... Uh, who who kind of got me into wrestling at the time. Um, he was a huge Mr. Perfect fan. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed this match a lot. Um, actually, he was able to meet uh, Mr. Perfect's dad a few times there in Waterloo. And um, just when they would talk about this match, this is, again, one of those I had to go back and rewatch. But I think that one has uh, held the test of time pretty well. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle. Nice pick. So you think you know what I'm going to pick then, huh? Yes. You're the person I always kind of know the best, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> 200 and... what, if I make, what if I make the pick and you just said no? If I'm wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. It's also against Mr. Perfect. You're correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> King of the Ring 93. Yep. Yeah. Brett and Perfect, King of the Ring 93. I, you, know, you can't really fault either of these matches. I understand why you would take not the SummerSlam match because it's the more famous match. It's his first big match. It's the icy title victory. I personally do like as a match the King of the Ring match better. I've said that on the show before. I think it's just like the pace is a little quicker. I also love the pre-match promo where they're talking mm-hmm. about my dad could be your dad and all of that. Uh, so, yeah, I got to go with King of the Ring 93 in Dayton, right? It was in Dayton? The heartland of America. They refuse yes. to say Dayton the entire pay-per-view. <laughs> Brett, yeah, Brett goes on to win the King of the Ring, obviously, that night. And uh, a huge night for him, having different matches with every single person that he wrestles throughout the throughout the tournament. But uh, this is this is the real highlight for me. Love seeing Brett and Perfect work. Wish they had more high-profile matches, to be honest with you. But of the two, this is my favorite, just between the ropes, as far as between the ropes goes. So, um, yeah. Anyone have thoughts on this one you want to share? You know, I this is another one, kind of like that Bulldog in your house, I, you know, I wasn't there when it uh, originally aired. It's something I had to go back to. And this is something that uh, you and Kyle introduced me to. I had never even seen it. And, you know, in ring wise, it is, uh, I'd say, slightly superior to the SummerSlam match. It just doesn't have the kind of the bells and whistles of importance uh, that yeah. that one does. But it's, I mean, you can't go wrong with those two basically at their peak uh, going one on one in a, in a King of the Ring tournament. Mm-hmm. And Perfect's back isn't, you know, screwed six ways from Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this one. I mean, it, you're getting a healthier curtain. I love how he plays subtle heel in the match. I mean, the difference is he's a baby face here. Um, I alluded to when I picked the Austin match that there were two pairings that I didn't really feel strongly either way. It was kind of tough being in this situation because I, I actually don't feel strongly that the SummerSlam match is better than the King of the Ring. I'm just... I'm trying to win a fan poll, and I figured that yeah. one was more famous. That's why I went. I, I mean, if you think King of the Rings better, I'm not going to argue with that at all. And the Davy Boy Smith is the other one that I, yeah. I, you know, in your house. It's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, it's like, like SummerSlam is more the, famous. Yeah, yeah. I got the under the radar here with the perfect one on my board, but then I got the more famous Bulldog one in the previous round. Yeah. So I kind of good picks. Those. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I think I've told this on the show before, but you know, I mentioned in the opening. the the fun memory of sitting down with Brett having beers with him in the summer of 2008 during that hall of fame weekend at Iowa. And I was literally sitting on a bar stool next to Brett on a bar stool up to the bar, bellies up to the bar. And I said that to him, I said, Hey, let's talk about wrestling. Mr. Perfect. I always thought the King of the ring match was better. And he agreed. 
He he said we had matches, you know, better than both of them that were untelevised and nobody's ever going to yeah. see. He loves to put over a match they had in Anchorage, Alaska, which no one has seen. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you look <laughs> at fan hist- cams, yeah. if you look at history of WB.com, I think there's a note. Bret Hart has said this is the best match between the two. No one has ever seen it. Well, I Graham, could be making that up too. Well, Graham would know because Graham Cawthon that runs the site, he's a massive Bret Hart fan yeah. as well. And, uh, we're going to be getting him on the show here within the next couple of weeks, too. I've been talking to Graham. Good friend of mine. Known him for a long time. He's a massive Bret Hart wow. fan. So if Graham put that on his website, it's definitely true. I'll look so. it up to see if he has, or maybe I just made that up from head. That, <laughs> yeah. that was not on my format sheet, by the way, Tony. I didn't know we were getting Graham Cawthorn on this yeah, show. Indeed. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're working on the scheduling, but he is going to be on in the next couple of weeks. 100%. So look forward to that. God, I can't wait to all the random questions I'm going to find on that site. I'm just going to ask him. <laughs> do it. I'll start the Google Doc now. Yeah. Yes. All right, Justin, what do you got? Oh, I'm kind of torn here. I've, I'm looking at three matches. Uh, and I don't know, you know, like, how do you judge these things? The The importance to... Bret Hart's career or is it more about the in-ring quality uh but I think I'm gonna go with a tiny bit of both I'm gonna go with Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Survivor Series 1992 I am Ron Burgundy uh his first big title defense in a pay-per-view uh, after beating Ric Flair, the first match in what would be one of the most iconic wrestling feuds in the history of uh, the sport. Damn right. I said sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, the match starts off a little slow. You know, it's, it's a lot of grappling, but you can definitely see the chemistry there between them. Uh, it, it picks up in, in the latter half. I don't think there's a huge, uh, surprise as to who was going to win this match, but they did, uh, you know, build a little bit of drama in there. Um, and it's just cool when you go back and watch this mass- match, knowing where these guys were going to end up, especially at Survivor Series, it-, it makes for a really fun, fun contest. And you forgot the most important part of this match. You were there. Yes. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was, I was going to say, this is the first match on the board that one of us was actually at. Yes, yes. I was there lucky bastard it was interesting too i mean it's a five pick this is kind of where i around where i thought this match would go um the live crowd at least the section i was at i always remember they didn't treat this as the main event they treated the tag match as the main event in the eyes of most of the people on that show it was it was a weird time in the world wrestling federation with Mm -hmm. mass exoduses due to steroids and Mm -hmm. you know wild title changes but um yeah, it was the start of Bret Hart, you know, and, and his big run. And it kind of really, the Davy Boy match, too, at SummerSlam, ushering in a new main event style uh, post Hulk Hogan. I know he came back, but obviously that was not for long and um, was also very bad. <laughs> yeah, nice pick. I, lo- I love the finish of that match, you know, catching Sean coming off the top rope into the sh- into the sharpshooter. Memorable yeah. finish. Yeah. It, it, co- it comes back at WrestleMania 12. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Good callback. Uh, Huffman, do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, that was actually, I had that on my list. Um, again, I, I think that's an awesome match. I, I like the, how they use it again at the, uh, WrestleMania 12. So yes, I do have, I have a list of Huffman. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so 
No, I great match. I, I think it was uh, probably the time where the people were saying those are probably the next two big stars. Yeah, absolutely. and they were. Mm-hmm. They were right. People were right. Yeah, it was def- definitely the kickoff of the new era. Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan Huffman, what do you got for us? Um, well, we kind of just talked about one match using a finish for another match. So I'm actually going to go WrestleMania eight, uh, versus Roddy Piper for the intercontinental title. Um, I just, I just really like that match had, you know, the blood in there. You have the, uh, a guy who hasn't, hasn't been pinned a whole lot and Piper. And you have that moment where he's like, Oh, I'm going to do the heel thing, which he has been a heel. And then, uh, ends up, you know, doing the right thing and then ends up costing him in the end. You know, they use that finish again at uh, Survivor Series 96 with um, Stone Cold. But um, just just a good match. I, I really I, I'm probably a little more partial because like you, Ryan, I interacted with these two uh, back in 08 and Waterloo and seeing them together uh, was a lot of fun. Um, and again, I don't know, just like the match a lot. How do you guys feel on that one? The famous finish that we've seen numerous times since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that some agent, was awesome. yeah, some agent got high and watched it and can't forget <laughs> it now. <laughs> we just see it so often now. But yeah, it's a great pick. Um, and it's the correct way uh, to do a passing the torch match. Take note, Hulk Hogan. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. you get to pose afterwards and steal the spotlight from the guy you just allegedly put over. It's no, you actually put the new talent over. Um, and yeah, it was Roddy Piper's, I believe, first television job in seven years mm-hmm. not counting um like msg tv because I, I he had put over flair in the fall but um yeah he, he had not done a tv job since jimmy snooker in 84 another one with a great pre-match <laughs> promo too yes boy mrs hart she make those peanut butter sandwiches man <laughs> love that mm-hmm. line <laughs> of course you couldn't tie your shoes till you were 10 years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah great pick man i like that one a lot Brett even used that finish again at Survivor Series 96 with Austin. Yep. Same finish. Yep. All right. Start us off with uh, round four. Okay. So uh, I'm going to this one because uh, this is probably the next match I have watched the most other than Austin versus Brett at WrestleMania 13. This is probably up there as my favorite wrestling match ever was the undertaker at SummerSlam 1997. Um, I know it only is a three-star match, but it is Bret Hart's final uh, title win. Um, You got the height of the uh, USA, Canada, um, you know, with Sean being the guest referee. Um, I really like this one just because, you know, wrestling with shadows covered this uh, a little bit as well. Um, You just didn't really know how they were going to pull it off because you're like, well, if Brett loses, he can't be wrestling in America ever. Um, One of my best friends is a huge Undertaker fan, Josh, out in Colorado. Um, So this is a match we've watched uh, before as well. But um, hi, Josh. So one of my one of my favorite uh, one of my he is a listener. So that's that's, um, I like him already. Yeah. (laughs) Smart man. um, Yes. But yeah, I I love this match. Like I've watched Austin Brett at Mania 13 and then probably right behind it is probably uh, Brett versus Undertaker. Probably just because a lot. I know you guys did a, a show reviewing this. And uh, I absolutely love all the video lead up, the music, the Todd mm-hmm. Pettengale, um, just, I don't know, everything about it. I, I, if I have any wrestling poster, it's that one. So I, I love that one. 
if life was fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, that match, I think, is criminally underrated by Dave. Yes. I, yeah, it, three stars way is way too low. I mean, the finish alone is... We talked about this when we did the Top mm-hmm. Rotation Classic on the show. Is one of the great finishes. Whoever, you know, I think it was a Patterson deal because uh, in Wrestling with Shadows they they show Pat and Brett going over the finish. So you mm-hmm. know, Pat was the finish guy back then. It's just a wonderfully crafted finish. Like Ryan was saying with the stipulations, you had Brett. If he loses, uh, he can't wrestle in the U.S. again. Well, you know that's not going to happen. But you had Shawn Michaels as the guest referee saying. Well, if I favor Brett, uh, or you know, if I favor the Undertaker, then I can't wrestle in the U.S. again. So it's like, well, how are they going to massage that? And the finish they did with Sean swinging the chair at Brett, missing, hitting Undertaker, and then reluctantly counting the three—just par excellence. I remember at the time I was like, oh my god, are Brett and Sean going to like team up? Is this going to end up with them as a team at some point? I was like, I was so into that finish. This awesome, awesome finish. That was a rumor on those like shitty hotlines. I don't know if you guys had that out <laughs> yeah, there, like yeah. where you would call like the local, mm-hmm. like our local city paper. line. I think it was called. Yeah, here. city yeah. line. You could, yeah, you like would dial like you know here it's the plain dealers, the local paper. You would dial the number and hit like nine 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 for pro wrestling rumors. Nope. And yeah, like whoever the guy on there was like. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are going to come together in the Hart Foundation. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that guy was a little off. His sources uh, stuck. <laughs> I think he also claimed Yokozuna was going to join the Hart Foundation for about six oh months. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's got to happen one of these weeks, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Nice pick. I like that pick. I would have considered that this round, too, for sure. It was on my board in the, in the mix right now. So, Justin. I'm going to go in your house. Final four. Uh, Bret Hart. Austin, Vader, and Taker. It was kind of the the beginning of the end for uh, Bret Hart's babyface run before he he starts going full heel because it leads to you know losing the world title to Sid mm-hmm. uh, and the famous quote that Kyle quoted at the top of the pod. A really fun match if you go back and watch it. It, it is just complete and utter chaos. It it is well three of these guys you know at the top of their game. I I don't think I can say that for Vader. Although he, he is, is almost a star Vader performance. Yeah, yeah. That's he, a great he is kind of the star of the show with uh, getting busted open in, in the eye early in the match. Uh, but yeah, I, you know I just remember uh, when this happened and having that world title get put on. Bret Hart again, it, it was an exciting moment. Mm-hmm. Remember when the get, people could brawl? <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked about this a good deal in our uh, in your house. Uh, mm-hmm. Top 10, I think, uh, was Zach Hador not our special That's guest right. for that show, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan? Uh, yeah, just a tremendous, tremendous brawl. Hey, 1997, baby. Yep. Rule of the day. I said it's my favorite Bret, and it looks like the picks are kind of bearing that out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Wow. Put me in a tough spot, Mr. Justin Joint. I'm very interested where you're going to go here, right? Yeah. I, I, again, I think I might know. Oh, really? Yes. Because there's one I was leaning towards, and then I looked at my board a little bit, and I feel like if I pick that one, it might hurt me with the fan vote a little bit. Okay, then I definitely think we're on the same page. So, I'm looking a little bit later with this one, perhaps, mm. based on what is on the board. I think I got to do it. Just, you know, it's it's too bad what's happened to this match in the history books as time went on for obvious reasons. 
but I got to go with it. I'll I'll choose the first Bret Hart WCW match. Get this Whoa. one off the board. Wow. Um, Bret Hart and Chris Benoit, Monday Nitro, October 4th, 99, Kansas City, which is what makes this one of the reasons it's so memorable at the Kemper Arena. Uh, you know, this match happens just under five months after Owen's death in the very arena. I remember at the time, everyone saw Nitro scheduled to be there. And as Brett was you know, thinking about coming back late in the summer, and I think he worked some house shows with tagging with tagging with Hogan, if I remember right, in late summer of 99. And he started to kind of work his way back to the industry because we didn't know if Brett was going to wrestle ever again after that. And who would have blamed him? He comes back. He handpicks Chris Benoit to work the match against in the arena where his brother was killed four and a half months earlier. It's an outstanding match, given lots of television time. Of course, Chris Benoit became a horrific person later on, but the match is an awesome, awesome match. And given the circumstances, it's incredibly powerful to watch. Um, and then at the end, Bret Hart looks up at the rafters. Uh, I remember wa- re-watching this match so many times over the next couple of months after it aired. So I'm comfortable with that one here. Well, Brett Benoit, uh, October of 99, WCW Nitro. I yeah, was I, definitely going to take it with one of my picks, for sure. Yeah. I, I remember they'd been shitting the bed with Bret Hart since he got there. And when mm-hmm. that match happened, that was the point. I was like, all right, this is where they're going to start getting it right. This is the moment where Bret Hart has his his classic WCW run. Yeah, that didn't happen. No. It's well, definitely I, his best, his best <laughs> WCW match. Sadly, mm-hmm. Vince Russo was uh, calling the shots. Yeah, not long after. Yes, true. was he calling? He was calling the shots already at that point, was he not? Late. Yeah, I think he did come in around that. It was, was right that around coming? that time. I, yep. Yeah. But yeah, he was because I do remember Brett always spoke positively of Russo. That well, because he gave him a push. Yeah. He put the title on him at yeah. Mayhem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrestled Benoit again that night. So, yeah. yeah, it's a great match. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Uh, obviously, it's a little difficult to watch now because of the opponent. But I, if you can put that aside for 20, 30 minutes, it's it's a great match. So, yeah. Uh, Ryan, do you remember watching this one at the time? Yeah, I actually, this like this would have been my, uh, my fifth pick uh, coming up. But, yeah, obviously for emotion reasons it's uh you know lots of emotion that haven't hardly race i believe uh introduced both opponents too right, yeah. um but uh yeah it was an excellent match um there in kansas city nice all right kyle ryan you're gonna get your pick i think or something you want next okay i think um Lots of good matches, about four matches uh, that I would really, really like. I can only take two of them. Uh, This is probably where I lose the draft but (laughs) because I'm going obscure, but I'm being true to my board. I think I know what you're going to pick. Is it a tag match? Yes, it is. It is the first straight tag match. Uh, See, here's the problem. I have a 10-man. I'm taking a tag. Yeah, I thought about this one, too. You know what? Fuck it. Let's do it anyway. Uh, Because this was something I definitely had circled for the fourth and fifth round. Uh, Bret Hart and Owen Hart against Rick and Scott Steiner from WrestleFest 94. That was just the name of the tape. Uh, It's actually uh, January 
1994 is the date it took place. Just a phenomenal, very un-WWE-like tag match, right? I mean, they gave him a ton of time, almost 30 minutes, um, and it's babyface versus babyface, and it's just, you know, brothers versus brothers. It's just a dynamic. You don't see it. I, I think it is a really great match. I think it is the best straight tag team match Bret Hart has ever been involved in. I think it's better than any Hart Foundation match. Cosign. We were talking about this match a few months ago, as I recall, mm-hmm. on our group text. And uh, I didn't really remember watching it. And it, I think it's on the Hart Family Anthology DVD set. I pulled that out and watched it. Yeah, it's an awesome. I, I was thinking about this with yeah. my last pick. Scott Steiner busting out the screwdriver. Yeah. Steiner screwdriver is worth the price of admission alone. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Yeah. And for my final pick, um, this is a match that I kind of thought might be gone already. Uh, so I'll grab it here. Uh, Survivor Series 1995, uh, a Bret Hart title win against Big Daddy Cool Diesel. You talk about a great Bret Hart performance. This is a great Bret Hart performance. Just uh, a lot of subtle stuff. I love the opening of this match where uh, Diesel goes over. Again, it's babyface versus babyface. Undoes the turnbuckle. Bret Hart looks at him and goes, okay, you want to fucking do that? And he takes the turnbuckle uh, off over there and... uh, you know, it was the match that popularized the Spanish announce table spot, obviously. And uh, it's just a wonderful match. Easily um, the best match of Kevin Nash's career. I, I definitely like this one better than the other two uh, pay-per-view matches they had. King of the Ring 94 and Royal Rumble 95. Well, you son of a bitch. That's what I was going to take. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's the one where I was talking about the opponent might hurt me because people say, ah, oh, Nash. But... I love that match, man. That is Kevin Nash's best match. I like the finish, how it comes out of nowhere with the small mm-hmm. package cradle win. Uh, yeah, the table spot, you didn't see that a lot. Those are hard tables at that time. Great pick, man. Third title victory for Bret Hart. This is right when I was kind of diving back into wrestling hardcore again. And uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen Kevin Nash tweet about this match, how people compliment him on the match, and he always says it was all Bret. Bret put the whole thing together. Yep. <laughs> So it's another it's another situation where you've got Bret Hart, you know, having a guy's best match of of his career, just like with Bulldog, you know. So, yeah. Anyone else got thoughts on this one? I just love the finish. I love the like, you know, he gets beat down all match, and then he kind of plays possum there, and uh, just gets to roll up, and you know, Nash beats him down some more after it. But, but yeah, great, great match again. Um, one of the one of the many leading into WrestleMania 12 there, mm-hmm. and of course the best part. Let's not bury the lead. Is that uh, Kevin Nash is no longer the WWF champion after this match? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but my thank God, what a mercy killing that was. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, made it a little more difficult on me because now I've got a bunch of matches that I would consider here. I thought I. I th- I'm I probably going to pick the one that I think you're thinking of. Okay. Um. Is the one you're thinking of a raw match? Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's, I think that's what I'm going to pick. Let me just look at my list one more time here. Um, there's a couple Heart Foundation matches I'm debating, but I almost feel like we could have added a caveat: must pick a Heart Foundation match or something <laughs> like that. Could have done that. Yeah. 
Justin has an idea for our future drafts, which we're yeah. going. We're actually going to change the rules a little bit, and, and some of our future ones might make it even more interesting. <laughs> They're That's changing the rules as they go along. <laughs> Moving the goalposts. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bret Hart versus the one, two, three kid from uh, July 11th, 1994, Monday Night Raw. Obviously, at this point in time, the business was not on fire. Uh, the incredibly <laughs> small venue they wrestled this match at. But, I mean, you've probably seen the gifts if you're on social media, like the little stuff Brett does in this match to put over the kid, you know, who had had some big matches up before this. But to be wrestling, you know, Bret Hart, the, the WWF champion at the time, they do that those spots early in the match where, like, kid throws him down and Brett kind of looks at the camera and gives a little look like, oh, this kid might actually have something. And they have this competitive match, you know, at a time when you didn't always see that on Monday Night Raw, especially yep. from the world champion. Uh, it's it's another one that helped make Sean Waltman into a guy people took seriously in addition to the Razor Ramon matches. So, yeah, July 94, Bret Hart, one, two, three, kid. Yeah, love, oh, love the last few minutes of that match. Uh, they really got after it in a moment where you were really thinking that one, two, three, kid could win any match. And I'm always a sucker for uh, paint splatter uh, Bret Hart tights. Oh, I love those tights in 94. He wore them at uh, SummerSlam, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about doing a deep dive on that match uh, on the podcast. We've done, you know, some of these uh, history shows on particular matches and examined the matches in a little bit more in depth. That's one we've considered maybe in July. We'll see if we come back to that or not. But I think that's a good fifth pick for me. I, I like that one there. Justin, what do you got? Well, I think I have pretty easily already lost this draft. So... I'm very interested what these last two are going to be. I, I, I'm going to go kind of way out there. Uh, September 11th, 1997. Bret Hart in ECW, at least in ECW production. Bret Hart versus Terry Funk in wow. what was supposedly his last match. It is not a barn burner by any means. Uh, you can find it on YouTube with pretty grainy footage. But it, it's still a really good match, especially considering considering where Terry Funk was at in his career at that point. He, he was long past his prime. Um, but you have, I mean, 1997 Bret Hart in a match, and it's going to be good. And, and this one was no difference. And you include uh, some fun spots with Bruce in it. It was a no disqualification. Um, the crowd was very much against Bret in this match, which made it even that much more fun. This match was, of course, popularized a little bit in Beyond the Map. Mm -hmm. God, what's the guy's name? I can't freaking remember the, the guy's referee. name. Yes. Yeah. I'm not booked, Terry. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> what is that guy's name? Oh, it's going to bother me, and all this is going to piss me off. Hold on. I'll Google it. Referee Terry Funk retirement match. <laughs> yeah. 1997. Uh, Dennis Stamp. Yes, Dennis yes. Stamp, of course. Yeah. Dennis yeah. Stamp. Okay. Wow, that's a little bit out of left field. I wasn't expecting that one, but yeah, nice. Well, under the radar. I like that. All right. What do you got, Huffman? All right. Um, this one I, I have on my list, and this one is probably where I lose the draft. <laughs> but I'm actually going to go, because I'm a, I, I'm a closure guy, I'm going to go Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 26. <laughs> <laughs> this is the and, one he was preparing to get roasted on. I knew. Yep. It. Yep. And, uh, not, not, 
the mat the match itself is obviously is what it is. Um, but I watched <laughs> one uh, way to put it. <laughs> yep, yep. But the lead in, like the lead in and everything building up to the match, um, getting to see Bret Hart come out, walk the aisle, get in the ring. Uh, I don't know. Just meant, meant a lot to me. Um, obviously rocking those I, jean shorts. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, but again, for, for closure purposes, like the end result is Vince McMahon tapping out to the sharpshooter at a WrestleMania. Um, you know, after be, Brett being gone for 13 years, um, was it a good match? No. Um, Brett Hart, though, I, I watched a show or an interview with him, and he talked about how it was an important match because of everything he had been through with, you know, a stroke and his relationship with WWE. Um, and when Brett walked away in 97 or how it ended, if you would have ever told me Brett would get in the ring again to perform, I would have said no way. So for me, um, I, the, the match itself, if we're going big picture, total production of it. Um, the ending of Vince McMahon t- tapping out to the sharpshooter for me is, is what made my list. So I will let you guys carve that one up, but <laughs> why, why did, why did they have to change his theme song when he came back? That was one of the dumbest moves. They changed Brett yeah. theme song, but yeah, I mean, you never thought you'd see this at a WrestleMania, right? I I know, Kyle, you're preparing to throw some shade, so let me just do something here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, I was very psyched when Brett came back in January of that year. I believe that was the first Raw of 2010. It was opposite T- uh, Impact's Monday Night debut yep. with Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Remember the yep. return of the Monday Night Wars and Impact did very shitty. I Go mean, figure. real shitty. Uh, and speaking of shitty, uh, we have this Bret Hart Vince McMahon match at WrestleMania 26. <laughs> it was not good. Um, I, there was a straightforward way to do this, and they elected to do it the WWE way, which is like convoluted build with the limo uh thing and then bruce hart you know like oh i know you hearts you took the money up front i I just thought like (laughs) and then like brett just kicked vince's ass forever i know that was like kind of like what people wanted but it got to a point where like i think vince was getting sympathy by the end of the match which was the last (laughs) damn thing you expected so um look the closure thing okay i get it if you like bret hart i just think it was, yeah, not Brett's banner day, really, or, or Vince's banner day. It was, uh, had that match delivered on what it should have been in a lot of people's minds, that WrestleMania would be like a sneaky top 10 mania. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I really liked the build yeah. uh, for that show, generally speaking. I just think that they outthought the room there. I know Meltzer was very adamant that all they needed to do was show Wrestling with Shadows. Like, just buy a two-hour, like, get a two-hour block on USA, show Wrestling with Shadows, and that's the build of the match. You did not need to do weekly angles. Uh, I believe Meltzer's correct in that assertion. I don't know if you can get away with just, you know, showing a documentary and that being the build. But um, I actually, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll add, I was actually at the uh, the Raw, the Raw where the leg the leg break happened. Uh, that was actually in Des Moines, Iowa in, uh, in February. So that was... 
my only time I ever saw Bret Hart uh, live um, on a WWE show, but I was there that night. It was a uh, winter weather advisory. I was just gonna say I and, had uh, tickets to that show and I didn't you know, go. We we got about halfway there, me and my dad, and we turned around because the roads were so bad. You know, yeah. This, fu- this fucking Iowa, and it's snow. I it never would have known that until I did this podcast. I've never seen a state with so much snow, dude. I took the day off, the day off work to go to that yep. show, and uh, had t- great tickets, lower level, straight on from the ring. In fact, you could see our two empty seats throughout the broadcast. Oh, that had they were great your seats. Ass. Yeah, but we ended up going back to my apartment at the time and getting a pizza and watching it because uh, we were worried, man. It was one of those things where the snows you could see mm-hmm. it flying across the road, we're fishtailing and. I finally Ooh. turned to my, he knew I wanted to go pretty bad, but I turned to my dad. I'm like, seriously, we can just turn around. <laughs> we don't have to go all the way down. It's like a two hour drive from where Ooh. I live. So a little under, but yeah. Yeah. What? I returned, I returned home at uh 4 15 AM and uh, Des Moines, Des Moines back to my, my hometown was about a, about a four and a half, five hour venture that night. So. Wow. Hmm. I never understood why in that that WrestleMania match though, like when all the hearts start coming out, like why would Vince possibly think that they're gonna go against Brett? Like it's so obvious that they're gonna <laughs> I don't turn on Brett. Like, what the hell? This doesn't make any. Uh, sense. What? I, I actually watched this not too long ago because it came up. I was just on YouTube late at night, and WWE had put the whole match up. I think a couple of months ago, and it just kind of <laughs> came up in my recommended. I'm like, I haven't seen this in a long time and i clicked on it and watched most of it not all of it but yeah i'll say something positive about it low bar here but i'm gonna say something positive about it uh it was not as big a clusterfuck as michael culver's jerry lawler the next year (laughs) 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 which was the all-time i'll think the room uh wrestlemania moments i think yeah all right well hey that's the draft you guys feel confident you're gonna win yeah, <laughs> we got some. I think this is going to be pretty competitive when it gets down to the fan voting, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, uh, as far as matches that didn't get taken that I think deserve some honorable mention, uh, we should reference Breton, uh, our old buddy Jean Pierre Lafitte, a match that we thought maybe go right. We talked about it at the end of the last pod mm-hmm. that maybe that would go. I thought that would be there. Uh, Breton Lawler, Brett versus Doink. <laughs> slash Jerry Lawler, I should say, SummerSlam 93 um, was a match I certainly would have considered taking, uh, depending how the, uh, you know, uh, draft fell. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Do you know what Brett Shaw match I like the most? Survivor Series 97. Yeah. Yeah. What a brawl before reality sets in. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. Considering how it got cut off and how that finish went, it still was almost a four-star match. Yeah, yeah. Imagine not humping the Canadian flag. Before <laughs> and I love, I love. What does Jim Ross say? Well, uh, I think uh, Michael's not exactly endearing himself to the crowd here. Yeah, yeah. He says something ridiculous like that. Now, uh, has anyone watched that on the cock yet? I have mm-hmm. not. Nope. Okay, I, I am wondering if they edited something out during the introduction of that match. Hmm. What's that? The seven fans were all holding up signs next to each other. I don't even remember that. HBK equals. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like yeah, and remember like the cra- <laughs> like the camera zooms on it on the yeah, telecast, okay. Okay. and I'm like, hey yo, yeah. like yeah, I was meaning like yeah, that's like what a. 1997, everybody. 
Yeah. I had Brett and Taker from One Night Only uh, on my guess. list. I had Brett and Hakushi from the first In Your House. I had uh, a raw Heart... match, too. Yeah. Heart Foundation and Demolition, SummerSlam 90. Uh, Heart Foundation and the Bulldogs from MSG in 85. Uh, what else? I think that's the only ones I had that for sure that weren't. I also considered Brett and Flair from Saskatoon just for historical significance. It's an all right match. It's not as good as most of these on the list, but I had it on. I had it on the list as a possibility. So Brett and Randy Savage, the Saturday Night's Main Event match. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the best Saturday Night's Main Events match ever. All right. How do you not love this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Nice lonesome dub. What did you have any other memorabilia you're going to pull out there? Kyle? Oh no! Well, here that's the Undertaker's on the cover there. So no, I just have these WWF magazines, man, from uh, 91, 92, 94, 95. Just four of them right there. You got the Intercontinental. Oh yeah, there. You got the. Uh, this is the lonesome dove. We just saw that one. Mm-hmm. We got. Caged in Chi Town. That's a great one. And this one, which discusses Bret Hart, hexed hitman, suffering from Shango's spell. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Great cover, though. Great. That is November night, right before he won the title. I love the uh the Bart Foundation WWF magazine. I have that one in storage from 97. That's a great one, too. I it. I inexplicably have every WWF magazine from 1993 and 1994. I was just really hoping at the beginning somebody would say their introduction to Brett was The Simpsons. Yeah. By the way, I've never heard of this guy before. Just saw on this one, my parents' old address, or my current address, was on this one. I hope nobody saw that. Please don't. Kyle starts getting hate mail. They're very wonderful people. Don't blame them for me. For God's sake. (laughs) oh man ryan it was fun to have you on like i said we've been talking about doing this for months i know you're looking forward to it we were all looking forward to it hope it lived up yeah hopefully all your hopes and dreams (laughs) also want to thank ryan for his support on patreon he's been a patreon member for a long time it's one of the best ways to support the show i I pump it every week but again do a bonus show every single week patreon.com slash top rope nation in fact ryan is a main event tier level Mm. member of the patreon page you're one of the one of the uh, benefits of that is it allows you to come on the show a few times a year. That's not actually why he's on tonight. I think I'd already booked you for this before you even <laughs> on that tier, and I would have anyways. But uh, you're, you're going to be back on the show again, is what I'm trying to say. So uh, you guys can check out all the benefits of all of the tiers over on, on Patreon. And Ryan, thank you for joining us. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's fun. Um, we'll uh, we'll catch you down the road, and uh, yeah, had a blast. So thank you very much. It's never a, a good time to say goodbye, but yeah. probably <laughs> now. So yeah. How much do you think a WWF magazine cost on the newsstand in 1991? $2.99. $4.99. Justin, one twenty-five. I believe Ryan was the closest. Two fifty. Oh, close. Very what close. a deal. <laughs> they did bump it up to 295 at least in 94. Well, business was so hot, why wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I was saving with my subscription. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us this week for Top Rope Nation, the Bret Hart Fantasy Draft. We'll see you all next week. Have a great weekend and take care.